It's Talking Bulls, episode 17. Welcome to the 17th episode of Talking Bulls. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking about Zach Levine's leadership. We're going to point out the great season that Zach Levine has had, possibly the best in Chicago Bulls history. We're also going to discuss Rick Carlisle's comments towards the Bulls organization. Karn Sovis already looking at draft prospects. We're going to cover all of that right after this. Talking Bulls, setting the trend for a podcast today. We're one of a kind. Come join us on Talking Bulls as we set the new trend for the future. We're back on Talking Bulls. A lot of news this week with the Chicago Bulls, specifically with the coaching staff um, possibly being changed. Arturis Karnasovas uh, looking at draft prospects. He's looking at a guy called, but the guy's from Arizona, Zeke Nodge, and he's averaging 16 points per game. 6'11 center. I call him a center at 240 pounds. And I got to agree with you guys. I looked up some tape on this guy on YouTube because I don't know much about college basketball. Everybody that knows me, that has followed me know I don't pay attention much to college. Not that I don't understand. Not that I don't understand it. It just doesn't interest me. And, you know, digging deep depth into this story, I forgot the publication that reported it, but they did say that Karnasovic was interviewing prospects and said that he interviewed this guy. Now, when I looked at this guy, I automatically said to myself, this is how I want Laurie Market in the play. This guy has a ton of energy, and a couple of the clips that I watched with him, he was on baseline and uh, took his man off the dribble and just dunked on his man with two hands. This guy has a lot of energy, has a lot of energy. Um, God, he's, I think he's like 21 or something like that they were saying in this video that I, I viewed of him in the clips. And he's very crafty around the basket. He can finish. Uh, with both hands, obviously the dunk and um, but the layups. He can lay up right over the defense, and his jump shot is isn't so great. I believe he shot what thirty percent from the from from three, and um, said he shot seventeen three pointers for the season, and he only made about three of them. But uh, the kid made a comment, basically saying that he knows he can uh, improve as a shooter. But basically, I think he reminds me of Joe Kim Noah, a, a, a more offensive skilled Joe Kim Noah, because he just adds that energy. And I wouldn't lie to you guys, this is a guy that I would I would get rid of marketing for this guy, because I think Laurie Marketing he doesn't play with that desire. He has the skill, but he doesn't have the desire and the work ethic like this kid. And this is a guy that uh, the Bulls possibly have a chance to draft. I believe he was in the mock draft. I have to check that out. But I would guess that the Bulls and Karnasovas wouldn't check this guy out unless he was on their radar and he was a player that they can possibly draft. But it was interesting to listen to this morning Karnasovas' interview when he first came on board and talking to the media about the changes that he's willing to make and the guys that he wants to bring in to fulfill his philosophy. And all that is great. But, you know... 
what's still lingering over Chicago Bulls fans' heads is if we're going to get rid of Jim Boylan. And that's the lasting question. And I know that we're in off season, and I know that we can't make a decision until the season returns. But that's a, a huge decision that's going to play heavily on how far we go. Because I don't believe Jim Boylan is the coach for this team. I don't believe he's a head coach. I believe he's an assistant coach. And I believe, you know, when you have a winning percentage of 30%, regardless of what you say, you're you're an assistant coach. An assistant coach is not bad. It's just he can't be a head coach. He doesn't know how to organize talent. He doesn't know how to use talent. And the reason why I say he doesn't know how to use talent is because the way he's been using Zach Levine and the development of Zach Levine. Now, don't get me wrong. Zach has been playing great, and he's a guy that I, I wanted to base this podcast basically on because he's had the, the best season of any Chicago Bulls since Michael Jordan. And I know Bulls fans are going to say, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? What about Derrick Rose? Derrick Rose have not had a good season like this kid. This kid has had a better season statistic-wise. Now, don't get your horses up. Derrick Rose is definitely a better player than this kid because he had Derrick Rose won MVP and took his, his team to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm not saying that Zach Levine's a better player than Derrick Rose. I'm saying statistic-wise, Zach Levine has put up the better stats of any player that has played in the Bulls uniform since Michael Jordan. And comparing the two guys' stats, Derrick Rose in that 2011 season averaged 25 points per game, 4.1 rebounds per game, and 7.7 assists per game on 45% shooting from the field. Zach Levine, on the other hand, had 25.5 points per game, best than Derrick Rose by 0.5 points. He averaged 4.8 rebounds per game, so Derrick Rose is beat by rebounds uh, by seven points from Zach Levine. And Zach Levine had 4.2 assists per game and shot 48% from the field. So Derrick Rose beats him in assists, but uh, Zach Levine beats Derrick Rose in shooting percentage at 48% to 44%. So very, very close stats. Um, Derrick Rose obviously more of a willing passer than Zach Levine is. But Zach Levine, as you can see, as I just pointed out, is better statistic-wise. So with that said, why isn't Zach Levine as good as Derrick Rose as far as, like, accomplishment, as far as, like, MVPs, as far as, like, carrying the team to the playoffs, taking the teams to the Eastern Conference Finals? I'll tell you guys why. It's because of the leadership. And it's because of the type of teams that Zach Levine has played on. Um, Now, he did play with... Tom Thibodeau as coach in Minnesota. But I don't think that Tom Thibodeau is the type of coach that we thought he would be. Um, he was he was a great coach, don't get me wrong, and he did get us to the Eastern Conference Finals. But Tom Thibodeau was a one-trick pony. He was a coach that was a defensive mind, um, but he didn't know how to adjust on the fly, you know, if a team – Picked him apart with the pick and roll. He didn't know to adjust how to how to adjust to that. He just went defense, 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 and that was all. Tom Thibodeau's stress was defense, defense, defense. 
and was finding deadly, but you have to have a game plan, an offensive game plan to implement your talent. And I felt like the Bulls' whole game plan was using Derrick Rose to isolate at the top of the key, to isolate, period. And we had a lot of talent on that team. I think Carlos Boozer and Lou Deng, you know, were some talented guys that could have helped Derrick Rose if some plays were drawn up for them. You know, they could have dominated the game as well if the right plays were drawn up, especially Lou Deng. But it never happened. It was a, a one-trick pony of defense and, you know, moving the ball around to shoot three-point shots. Um, guys isolated at the three-point line just to pass around the ball and take one shot, limited to one shot. And the only guy that we got to take uh, defenses off the dribble was Derrick Rose. And that's all we did for offense was use Derrick Rose and utilize him. And that's ultimately why he got injured and, you know, wasn't able to, you know, recover from that injury um, as, as far as, like, being the same player that he was before the injury. But Zach Levine, um, now being coached by Jim Boylan, was coached by Fred Hoiberg, and obviously two horrible coaches that didn't know how to develop talent. And I don't even think I have to go into explanation why I bring up numbers. So I think that's what this kid is missing. You know, when I listened to him this past week, listened to him talk in that interview that he did with uh, the, the entire press about, you know, whether the team can make the playoffs, and he made the comment, you know, he's ready to be, you know, a winning player. He's ready to, for the team to make the playoffs. He sounds like a very mature kid. He sounds like a mature guy that knows what it's about, that knows what team basketball is about, that knows what winning as a team, how important that is. He, he I hear that in his voice when I hear him speak. Um, but it's not playing out on the floor. Um, when I when I watch Zach Levine play, all I see is an offensive juggernaut. I don't see a player that can that that doesn't I doesn't I don't see a player that makes his teammates better, but I see a player that has the capabilities of making his teammates better. I mean, anytime you can score like Zach Levine, you have an opportunity to make your teammates better because the defense is going to focus on you so much. So how can you not? have that type of effect as far as like being able to, you know, influence the defense enough to where you can get your teammates wide open shots. So I feel like this kid, he 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 can do that, but he hasn't shown that yet and I think that's what his problem is. But as soon as he does that, um realizes when he needs to shoot and when he needs to pass, I feel like he's gonna be a huge star in this league. I think it was total BS that he didn't make the All Star team this year. He definitely should have made the All Star team. Um, especially, you know, dropping 25 points per game, 25.5 points per game, and having the best statistics of any Chicago Bulls since Michael Jordan. And let me say something real quick. I do not agree with the NBA's idea that just because a, a, a guy, a player's team's team has a losing record, that that player should not make the All-Star team. I don't agree with that. And here's why I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because, obviously, if you look at Zach's numbers, he had the best year of any Chicago Bulls since Michael Jordan statistically. Obviously, he's a great talent. And I don't feel like a team's success should fall all on the player. I mean, we all know that the Bulls don't have a legitimate coach 
right now. And I feel like Jim Boylan needs to take 85% of the Chicago Bulls' failures on his shoulders. He's the reason why they're failing. And, um, you know, I just think it's an injustice that a star player should suffer and not go on the All-Star team because a head coach or an organization like Garpax, um, organization front office like Garpax, are not doing their job. Why should he suffer for that? He did his job. So, no, I don't agree with that. Um, and I felt like he should have made the All-Star team this year. But... Zach also has to do a lot of maturity as far as like taking criticism because I don't feel like he takes that well. I see when he when he talks to the media and they say something that he doesn't like, he gets very emotional and antsy. And he has to know how to talk to the media and not give them too much um, fuel, to, you know, to, to write in the paper, to fight against the Bulls with. He just has to know how to be a leader, and I also want to see him talking to young players like Kobe Wright White that are coming up behind him. This team is going to be his, his team and Kobe White's, no doubt about that. And I just think, you know, he needs to go and talk to his younger players and, and be more of a mentor. I don't see that with him. He's not the guy that's going to lead with his words. He's the guy that's going to lead by example. Now, in that sense... He's similar to Derrick Rose because that was that was how Derrick Rose did it as well. He led by example. He wasn't a vocal leader. Derrick Rose was shy and he didn't really speak up, as far as I know, how he was. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Rick Carlisle and his comments towards the Bulls. We're going to return. You're listening to Talking Bulls. Hey, Bulls fans, we're definitely going to need your support with a new show. Join us on Twitter at TalkingBulls82 or send us your emails at TalkingBulls82 at gmail.com. Join us on Spotify and follow us on Anchor.fm. We'll be looking forward to you guys supporting us. Go Bulls. How do you feel about the Bulls? How would you like to be on our show, Talking Bulls, and give your thoughts on the team? Send us your emails at talkingbulls82 at gmail.com. Send us your requests. We'd be glad to hear from you. Fan questions. some fan questions from some of my members of Bullseye Group. We got a question from Trentus Jones that asks, now that we have new management, what is the new direction of the Bulls team coaching and will we be adding more players with that go out and get an attitude to win? Well, Trentus, we did speak earlier about um, the gentleman from Arizona that Connor Sobis is targeting, and he seems to be that, that energy player. So I'd say that the front office direction is aiming towards players like that. But let's think about players that we do have on our roster that do have that mentality, like Archie and like um, Shaq Harrison and, you know, Kobe White. We And we have, we have some guys, you know, even more guys than that, that just has that go out and get a mentality. 
I think what has to change for us is the head coaching and um, replacing the head coach. And that's basically what we're in the process of doing. So that's the answer to that. And we have one more question, uh, Brian Winfrey. And Brian said, I'd like to know how they plan on improving on the defensive end. Will it be a personal change or coaching philosophy? Well, like I just said with Trentis Jones, I think it's a coaching philosophy. I think you need a, a, a coach that, you know, preaches that mission to his players in the locker room. And the players have to actually believe in that. They have to believe in that, that, that philosophy and they have to go out there and put that philosophy forth on the floor. So that's all I'm going to do. And that's that for fan questions. Um, I'm not sure why the Chicago Bulls are not liked around the league. They constantly get attacked by coaches around the league. And there was a story that broke out this week with Rick Carlisle. Um, as you guys know, Rick Carlisle is uh, the president. He's president of, a, of the NBA's coaching association. And uh, he's been outspoken. He even outspoke against... Uh, Adam Silver this week when Adam Silver made a comment saying that older coaches would not be able to sit in on the festivities at Disney Walt Disney when the NBA returns on July 31st and uh, he was able to get Adam Silver to you know renege on his comments so I don't know how that's going to play out but there's these comments he had about the Chicago Bulls um, saying that he doesn't think any head coach should should go and, and, and coach for the Bulls. Now, this is alarming to me because wasn't the, the coaches around the league calling the Bulls racist and saying they never hired any African-Americans as, as head coach and they, they wouldn't give any African-Americans a GM opportunity? And then the Bulls ended up hiring Mark Eversley and gave an African-American opportunity. So now to talk around the uh, the league, uh, rumor that Rick Carlisle is involved in is that he went out and spoke against the Chicago Bulls organization and said he doesn't like their treatment of head coaches. Now let's run down the Chicago Bulls history. In 2003, they, they fired Bill Cartwright. Now in fairness to the front office, when they fired Bill Cartwright and they brought in, and then they brought in Scott Scouse. It kind of worked out for us. The Chicago Bulls made their first playoff appearance. Then they fired Scott Skiles in 2008 on Christmas Eve, which is a good move. The Bulls didn't make the playoffs. I believe they were 33-49 and 49 that season and missed the playoffs. So you call that mistreating coaches. I call that, you know, improving the team and getting in guys that can make the team better. But the only thing I, I, I disagree with was their relationship with Vinny Del Negro in which uh, Jim, John Paxson had a fight, an actual physical fight with Vinny Del Negro and punched him in the face. And we just watched the last dance where Michael Joy was punching teammates in the face. So punch people in the face is common in Chicago. But on all seriousness, that was a, that was a bad move. I've never even seen that before where a front office was fighting with the head coach physically. So that was something, yeah. And then um, we all know the story about Tom Thibodeau in 2015 being walked out of the United Center 
after he led the Bulls to the second round of the playoffs against the Cleveland Cavaliers, in which they had more than enough chance to win that series, which I thought was a a good move and a bad move in, in a way. The way they did it was bad, but it was a good decision because Tom Thibodeau was at the end of his run and he couldn't you know, make it, the team any better than they were. So Rick Carlisle goes out and says that he doesn't like the way we treated our coaches. Now the problem I got with this is that who is Rick Carlisle to do that? Now we all know he's the president of, of the Coaches Association, but being the president of the Coaches Association, you're supposed to maintain integrity. You're supposed to maintain unbiased. And for you to say something like that, that kind of hinders us to move forward. Now, the Bulls made some changes this year. They brought in a new GM and a new president. And I think that it's fair to give them a shot to see what they can do with these new guys. Um, the guys that, you know, were creating that turmoil that treated Tom Timberlake that way and treated Vinny Del Negro that way, they're no longer here. So why do we have people like Rick Carlisle still dragging the Bulls' name through the mud and saying that no coach should come here? And what I think this is going to amount to is Carlos Sobers is going to really have to show me his recruiting skills. He's going to have to show me what he's made of because we are in a position now where nobody trusts us, especially after the release of The Last Dance. Nobody touches us, trusts us. Everybody's skeptical of us. So we're going to have to really go out and bring in our own candidates. And I'm going to really have to be trusting Carlos Sobers a hell of a lot. I know about his connections to Europe and overseas as far as players go, but I don't know about his connections as far as, like, executives around the league and all that. I know he was very close with Mark Eversley and David Griffin. So he, he obviously has some connections out there, but how, much, how many connections do he have where no head coach in the NBA would be able to come to us and he would be able to pull a rabbit out of the hats from somewhere? We'll see, and his job definitely will be tested. And it's something that I'm really looking forward to. It's about change, man, and we need some kind of change. Anything could be better than what Garpax was giving us. We only made one playoffs in five years, and Connor Sobis is coming from a program in Denver where he was very successful. We already know all about Connor Sobis and what he's done. Now all we got to know is can he translate that to the Bulls? And that's, that's that. You know, but it just takes me by surprise to see all of these attacks that the Bulls get around the league and all the hatred that they get. And I remember talking on Bullseye Group with one of the fans one day, and I said, I think these coaches and, and, and teams around the league hate us and have something against us. Because you'll see trades like Andrew Bynum or you'll see trades like uh, Kwame Brown for Paul Gasol to the Lakers. But you'll never see that type of deal with the Bulls. Nobody will ever give us anything. And when teams do ask us for players, they want to take every player that we got which I think is a grave injustice that you want to take five All-Stars from us for one star, you know, and they know that's a deal that we're going to turn down, so that's virtually them saying we don't want to do business with you. And I'm not going to say that the Bulls is the best organization in the NBA, but we're certainly not the worst. And there, there are other worse organizations around the league than just us. And I never see other teams or their general managers targeted. Um... 76ers, I think they're, they have a bad management over there. I don't see them targeted. Um, there's a lot of other organizations around the league that's bad, man. The Cleveland Cavaliers and how they treated LeBron James up there, I don't see nobody really dragging their name through the mud as much.
only when LeBron James is in the picture they talk about bad about Cleveland. But, you know, the Bulls just catch a bad break a lot, man. I'm not saying that they're the best organization in the world, but they are the team that put the NBA on the map in the 90s. And I just think they deserve more respect. They deserve to make their comeback. You know, you look at all of the dynasties in the NBA history that, you know, uh, won titles. They were all able to return back to championship status. You know, the Detroit Pistons in 90-91, or 89-90, I'm sorry, won their titles. And in 2004, they were able to return back to glory and win their championships with Larry Brown as head coach, Ben Wallace, um, Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billups, and those guys, Richard Hamilton. And you guys all know the rest. They upset the Lakers. And they were the, the, the underdog in that series. Then you have the Boston Celtics who made their return in 2008 with the Big Three. And then you go on to the San Antonio Spurs who repeated as champions every other year. And then you have the Lakers. And we already know about Magic Johnson's time. And we already know about the Lakers' time in the early 2000s to 2003. So every dynasty has had their return, man. I just think that the Bulls deserve theirs. You know, I think it's unfair for them to have to live in the shadow of Michael Jordan forever. They should have their post-Michael Jordan championships and be able to have their own identity without the 90s Bulls. But, you know, it's sort of a curse, you know, because the management um, and the way they dealt with the Chicago Bulls championship team, breaking them up selfishly. And maybe this is, you know their torment and their torture for that. But I, a torture should only go on for so long. You can't ban this franchise for years' time and forever whether they're not able to return back you know, to that championship status. And that's just my word on that. And uh, Rick Carlisle, he really needs to mind his business. He needs to keep his mind on Dallas Mavericks news and not Chicago Bulls news. When we come back... We're going to get to my final word right after this. What's up out there, Bulls fans? We're a new show and we're always looking to grow. How would you like to be a part of our show? Send us your comments through Twitter, at TalkingBulls82, or you can post your comments to this show, to the messenger of this show, and you can follow us at Spotify. We'd be glad to hear your thoughts. Time for the final word. Time for the final word, Bulls fans. So, this week, the Chicago Bulls basically are getting ripped again by NBA coaches and ripped by the NBA period. But are we really getting ripped or did we rip ourselves? The last dance really did the Bulls a lot of injustice. People really see the Chicago Bulls organization for what it used to be, not what, not what it is today. But they view us as that's how we are today, which is a disservice to the Chicago Bulls. When will we be able to move on? When will we be able to convince the rest of the NBA? That the Chicago Bulls is an organization that needs to be celebrated once again. That the Chicago Bulls are an organization that has turned over a new leaf. 
that the Chicago Bulls have shown that by bringing in new management and a new GM. See, now that even though change has taken place, we still have NBA haters that are living in the past. That's our show today, episode 17. Man, it was good. It was good doing this recording, man. Um, And I'm just hoping that you guys keep showing your support. Um, Follow the podcast. Uh, Like I said, the more of you that support us, the stronger and stronger Talking Bulls will get. I'm loving this new project. It's a lot of fun. Never thought that it would actually come true. I always wanted to do this in my lifetime. And that was finally taking place. Well, fans, it's time for me to say goodnight. I hope you enjoyed episode 17, the 17th installment of Talking Bulls. Good night, Bulls fans. Go Bulls.